Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense. Stay within your limit. Go to gamesense.ab.ca and learn more. Well, hey, Jamin, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Now, if you it. want to lift that up a little yeah, bit yeah, so it's a little bit more comfortable. There you go. Yeah, there. These move. Yeah, yeah they move. It's, it's nice. So, um, happy to have you. Born, raised, Calgarian. Yes. So, uh, now you, so I'm assuming you grew up a Stamps fan? Uh, yeah, yeah, majority Stamps uh, fan, you know, I had my little bit of, uh, you know, indecision when I was a kid, uh, I had like a year or two when I was a Hamilton fan. Oh, um, any reason why? <laughs> I just like the cat and I like the, I like the all black uniform. Okay, pretty, that's fair. Pretty sleek, uh, yeah. you know, so uh, yeah, but majority definitely a yeah, Calgary fan for sure. Um, you know, growing up watching guys like uh, Charleston Hughes, um, you know, Bo when I was a little bit older. Um, you know, and then Burris, Henry Burris, those guys were guys that really, uh, you know, drew me to, to Calgary for sure. So now w- when did you start playing football? Uh, actually I started before the age requirement. So I, uh, there's an age requirement in, in Calgary. Uh, I think you had to be six years old, uh, to play football, uh, for the Adam team or whatever. Uh, and I believe that I was five years old at my cousin's game. My cousin was about three years older than me, so he's playing in a different league. But his coaches spotted me, and they asked how, how old I was because I was a bigger kid, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, from that moment on, you know, I was like, I want to play. So, you know, they talked to my parents, and then they got me in at five years old. So I was a year year early. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Playing tackle. Now, was it contact tackle football? Oh, yeah. yeah, so I, I don't know if it's still the same nowadays, but, yeah, back in the day when I was – when I was uh, a kid, yeah, it was it was full go. Uh, you know, I think I got my first uh, concussion when I was probably like seven years old. I think, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I could have I could have been a little kid and been a baby, but that's what they diagnosed me with. So. Uh, okay. Um. Now, so you started at a young age. At, were you always a D lineman? You mentioned you were a big kid. So were you always on the line, or did you play um, tight end? Did you play running back, quarterback? Yeah. So when I when I first got into football, um, I was the biggest kid out of them all. So yeah, of course they put me on the O line, uh, D line. I was playing both ways. Um, you know, but then as I got older, you know, and I started, uh, you know, uh, talling or getting taller within age. Um, you know, I started slimming out. Um, and then I think it was about high school, maybe my grade nine year, um, I made a, a, a switch to fullback. Um, and I, I think that was the worst decision of my life. <laughs> um, you know, I kept getting uh, hit below the knees and, you know, my legs were just getting janked up. And uh, every game, it just felt like it was a war zone through my legs. So, um, you know, after that one year playing fullback, moved back to D-line and, 
you know, I think that's just been my calling. Now, sure. I, I've talked to a lot of D linemen and O linemen over the years, and you know, the O linemen will always joke, "Ah, you got to be the most cerebral guy." And uh, but to be a defender, they just maybe naturally a little bit more aggressive. Not that O linemen can't be aggressive; some of the best guys very much are. But do you did you find did you gravitate to the D line just because you had more of an attack mentality? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would I would definitely definitely say that. You know, um, growing up, um, you know, I wasn't in the best neighborhood. Um, you know, I'm not going to say Calgary's the worst city to live in, any of that stuff. But, you know, I definitely didn't have the best upbringing, you know. So I had I had a lot of anger to get out as a kid, for sure. So um, I definitely I definitely could agree that, you know, um, the more aggressive players usually are on defense, uh, and especially on the defensive line. And I definitely found myself in that situation, for sure. So now let, let's go back to that, if you don't mind, just talking about, you know, your childhood and, and, and growing up there. What what made it like? It was just a rough neighborhood. There was a lot of fights. Dry. What was it yeah, about where yeah. you were growing up? I would say yeah. There's uh you know in, in the specific area where I'm from in Calgary. Uh, it's called uh you know Southeast Forest Lawn, um or Pembroke. I was more specifically in Pembroke, which is just the neighboring community. Um you know it's it is a lot of uh there's a lot of drug use down there. Um you know uh. There's a lot of criminal activity and stuff like that. And then, you know, I'm just growing, I was growing up in the neighborhood where, uh, the older kids, you know, like the kids in junior high, high school, they don't have anything to do. You know, they're not in any, uh, okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're just hanging around, just hanging so around, just the, they're hanging around the convenience product store. of your environment. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it was more so, uh, that, you know, and I was, I was, uh, raised with my grandparents. So, you know, um, that also had kind of an effect on it. You know, I knew who my mom was, just never, lived with her so that was kind of an upsetting thing that i had to get over as a kid for sure oh 100 you probably feel abandoned little things like yeah, that yeah. you wonder like hey what's wrong and so but you were able to to overcome that how did yeah. how did you get on the right path what was um, was there a was there a mentor was there a teacher was it your grandparents who was it that kind of helped you get on the right path yeah absolutely uh i would say there's a there's a bunch of coaches that you know i could throw under this big umbrella you know that i can dedicate my success to um, you know, there was there was some coaches far back as Adam football when I was six, seven. Uh, you know, there's a coach by the name Brock, uh, Coach Brock. He he had a big important role in my life. Um, and then moving forward, you know, um, I also just needed help seeing that um, you know football could be something for me. When I was in high school, I wanted to you know I wanted to make friends, I wanted to be cool, all that stuff. So you know, I kind of. Uh, I kind of didn't take the preparation of football too seriously. I should have been in the gym way more than I was. Um, and then I found that going to, uh, you know, going to play for the junior team in Calgary, the Calgary Colts, yeah. um, in high school. I did that while I was in high school. Finding a mentor there, there was actually two of them. There was my D-line coach, uh, Coach Tim Burris, and then there was an ex-CFL uh, player, he was our D.C. linebacker coach, uh, Marvin Pope. Oh, yes. Yeah, both those guys had, like, a huge impact in, like, that very crucial. Yes. Because, I, like, I, I'm going to be honest, that, that that age around, like, 17 to, oh. like, 20, that, like, it could have went, like, one or two ways. Like, it could have went either way, right? So um, they had a very, very big role, uh, you know, in keeping me on the right path, for sure. Uh, Jamin Pelly joins us, uh, D Lyman for the uh, Edmonton Elks here on uh, Who Is It uh, Wednesday. Now uh, you, uh, you know what? You obviously got on the the right track, and you're a pretty good athlete. You, you played hockey for a bit. You, you, you know your family wasn't able to afford it. You had mentioned during the break, but your basketball, you can dunk. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know rugby. It ran track. Uh, you were the, uh, I think you were a high school athlete of the year yep. at your high school. So you had some natural athleticism, right? Um, and you just, you were lucky to kind of get it harnessed in the right direction. Yeah. What was it about football at the end, you know, over basketball or rugby or track? Why was football the one for you? Um, you know, it was, 
some things are just brought to us, and I very much believe that, you know, um, football was brought to me. Um, it, if you asked me this question while I was in high school, I would have definitely said, you know, I'm going to be playing in the NBA from whatever in three years or so. But, um, you know, I ultimately I, uh, I didn't choose football. Football chose me kind of. Um, you know, I just feel like this is this is really what I was born to do. Um, and, you know, just seeing the amount of success when I was younger, um, playing or trying out for teams like Team Alberta, Team Canada, you know, eventually making it and then, you know, doing all these cool accolades or whatever. Um, that just showed me that, you know, I can make it. So that was probably the biggest deciding factor was just knowing that, you know, I'm playing with guys that are in the NFL now, back then, obviously, um, you know, or playing with guys that made it to the league. So, like, if they could, I, I could, in a sense, you know what I mean? So, Oh, no, it's, sometimes, as young kids, we don't necessarily have the doubt. If you see someone else, you're like, well, I can do it. Yeah. And it's good to be naive in some senses. It's extremely hard, but Absolutely. if you believe you can do it, then you're going to have a better chance. Now, you mentioned you played for the Colts. You also, I think, played for the Okanagan Sun yep. in junior football. And then you got the scholarship. You played at the University of Calgary. So tell me about kind of that process. Was was the UFC the only choice for you? Were you looking at other schools? Oh, what yeah, happened? No. Um, so, yeah, so... So after uh, after junior, um, yeah, I got reached out to by UFC for sure. Uh, there was a bunch of Calgary or Canadian schools that reached out to me. Um, honestly, it came down. I already had one kid at that point. I had my first daughter at that point. Um, I was on my way to having my second. It just came down to you know I just wanted to be at home, um, you know, to have support with uh, my new young family. So. Uh, that's definitely what came down to it. I definitely, definitely had a lot more schools, uh, you know, talking to me since I was in high school doing uh, TMO Alberta and stuff. I've talked to, I think, every school in Canada that has a U sports football team, um, you know, and even in, in uh, high school, I definitely had some interest from down south NCAA, uh, NCAA schools for sure. So you, you go to uh, to Calgary, obviously have a have a pretty good career. Then uh, then you you come into the supplemental draft. Uh, now you weren't eligible until 2023, but you got a, a special inclusion by uh, Ambrosi. So did you pitch him on that? Uh, tell me how that went down. Yeah, so actually, no, it it, it honestly it, it kind of did go down like that. Um, the reason why I was spotted, and I I honestly had no intention personally of going into the supplemental draft. Uh, one day, randomly, I got a call from our great coach, uh, Chris Jones, and he was like, Jane Pelly, is this you? And I was like, yeah, it's, uh, this is me. And he's like, I'm Chris Jones. I'm the coach for uh, the Edmonton Elks and stuff like that. And he was just wondering like, what I wasn't, what I was doing because I wasn't enrolled in school. And he'd seen that uh, for 2021 because for whatever scouting they've done or they do, they've seen that I wasn't in school. So he was just kind of calling me and seeing what I was up to, if I had any plans, if I quit playing football or something like that. Um, and, you know, I told him that, you know, the dream is still there. I still do want to play football just because of COVID. It was kind of tough for me to get back into school with having kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's the one who really got the ball moving. Um, he told me that the it was the regional combine with I think it was coming up in two weeks from that point. Um, he told me to write a letter to uh, Ryan Jansen, who's another CFL guy up top. And, uh, you know, I came down in the regional and I met Ambrosi, met Jansen, a whole bunch of CFL high, uh, higher ups. And, uh, you know, I had personal conversation or conversation with them. And uh, from that moment, they said that, yeah, we'll email you. And I think about two days later, I got the email saying that they would let me do it. So, yeah, it was uh, it was quite an experience. It was fast, really, really fast. It all happened within a week or two. Um, but it was a good experience for sure. And uh, so then, you, you know, you get uh, you get drafted uh, in the second round by by the Elks. 
And, uh, you know, Coach Jones obviously had been, so maybe it wasn't a surprise that it was Edmonton that, that took you? Yeah, well, and I, uh, yeah, I knew that Edmonton had the, uh, they had the key because they had the first round pick that they could, they could potentially through in for me. Uh, it was, it would be the first round first pick. Um, so everybody knew that at the end of the day, they had the final say if they wanted me or not. Um, and I kind of got reassurance that Jones might have, uh, would have, you know, used that first pick. Okay. Um, luckily enough, we didn't have to. But, uh, yeah, happy to be here and happy to keep on going. So you, you look at uh, at your career, and I do want to get into, before we get to more of the football, actually we'll take a break because I want to get back into uh, a 300-pound Wednesday uh, defensive lineman for the Edmonton Elks, of course, uh, Jay Min Pelly, and uh, you know, played a lot of sports growing up, but I do I want to talk about this, that uh, you were a big skateboarder growing up, and you know you're big man now. You know you're. Uh, you said you were last time three four years ago. You were about three fifty, uh, three fifty or three sixty, and you're on a board. You're doing a laser. Yeah, laser flip. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that was my one of my best tricks. So I I've I've tried to keep that, but I I I don't want to put any money saying that I could do it today. I would put money saying that I could kick flip. I don't think I'll ever I'll ever lose. Uh, you know, my way of kick flipping. Now, because we had guys texting, he said he must have been a smooth boarder not to wreck his ankles at that size. Yeah, I had to. I had to be, uh, you know, nimble on my toes for sure. Um, you know, that that also just plays into all the sports that I did. Um, you know, all the uh, all the athleticism that I uh, gained during my, you know, adolescence for sure. Well, it, it obviously sounds like you were somebody who played a lot of different sports, no question. Uh, and there are certain things you can take from one sport that's going to help into the other. And I, I would think, you know, basketball, beating a guy off the dribble is going to help you beating a guy off the line. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, I honestly credit a lot of my athleticism in football um, to to basketball. Anytime anyone asks me, um, you know, how how I, you know, moving at four 400 pounds or 380, you know, whatever whatever I was playing at in college or whether it be the pros. Um, that's that's definitely the thing that I, you know, I give all the credit to is basketball. Because um, for me, I, the biggest thing for me is I, I like to be a defender. I like to block people. You know, I like to try and get uh, poke the balls out and stuff like that, steals. So that was the biggest thing for me. And I think for defense uh, in basketball, you have to be, you know, you have to be ball hungry. You have to try and, you know, be dirty and get down and get all the, get all the balls that you know you can the loose balls and stuff like that so that was one thing that I really really took pride in and I think that you know doing that it helped it helped me a lot especially you know being as big as I was in high school uh playing basketball and there's nobody you know over 300 pounds playing basketball in high school anywhere so it, it definitely <laughs> you're helped boxing me a guys out pretty easy I would oh, think. oh man that was yeah that was the biggest thing I remember there was a, a rival school that we had uh you know father look home uh, they had uh, they had a guy that they brought in that was also a big football guy. They thought, you know, that you know we would be battling in the paint, and uh, yeah, it didn't go so well for him, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm very, very close with the coach of that other that other school, the Lacombe School. Um, I go to his son's hockey games, all that stuff. So I will say that, yeah, yeah. He uh, he tried, but he failed for sure. <laughs> now, can you still dunk? Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, I've been able to dunk, you know every weight class i've been in uh and that's that's one thing that i i measure i i I have to make sure that i'm able to dunk or you know my my ego gets a little bit bruised and i have to do a little bit more leg days but um you know yeah i can definitely dunk right now for sure so if if the elks are playing a game where where are you ranked in the pecking order on the skills in basketball amongst your teammates 
See, it's hard because a lot of these guys they don't they don't expect much from me, and and we don't. It's not like we have we go and have uh you know basketball days. Um, so personally, I'd probably put myself top three. I would say I'm top three for sure, because um, I've heard really good things about Gino Lewis. I've heard he can Gino he, Lewis, yeah, I've yeah. Heard he you can know, really really hoop. For yeah, sure. we had him on. He said he's a pretty good hooper. So, so. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know where we would match up. Different play styles, right? Cause, Very different. You know, yeah. If I get in the paint, then there's no chance for him, but. You know him, him being outside of the key, it's a toss up because you know I can still move now. I can still move, so uh, you know I, I would say top three for sure. Now, how's your shooting? Shooting, I wasn't bad. I wasn't a bad shooter. I wasn't a great shooter. Um, my shooting, it, it was kind of weird. In grade ten, I was the best at bat. Like that's when I was my personal best at basketball. Okay, and you know as I got as I went from grade ten to grade twelve, my basketball went way down, but then my football went way, way up. up. Um, so oh, what, do you, which, uh, what do you attribute that to? Weight gain, <laughs> weight gain for sure. I have pitchers. I was probably two twenty five, two twenty in in grade ten. Still a big kid, um, but I was also still six six one six two. So I was I was pretty decent size. Um, and then yeah, end of grade twelve, I think I was I left grade twelve about three forty. Three forty, and you were six five. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what I what I credit my my loss of basketball to. For sure. <laughs> well, and that may, it's hard to move, you know, that that you know, obviously you can move well enough, but yeah. it's definitely harder to move around at at 3 4. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah, we I I definitely was was uh able to move in grade 12. I I was still on the team. I I don't want to get that misconstrued saying that, you know, I wasn't playing in grade 12. I definitely played all 3 years. Um, but yeah, it definitely was just a little bit different. Jamie and Pelly joined us. So you come to, to the Elks as a D lineman and, you know, you talk about Pope as your coach and, and you're like, he was a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I don't know if you'd watch a lot of oh, film on him or not. With, he was with Stamps, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you knew who he was. So when, you know, you, you look at, at your size off the line and, you know, we would think, okay, here's a guy that should be able to, to really kind of dominate inside. Right. So. Yep. As now that you, you've had some time at the pro level, what do you feel you've learned? Where do you feel you can excel at more moving forward on the interior of the D line? Um, honestly, it's all about it's all about technique here. Like I've, and this has been a thing that's uh, you know been a cloud around my head for the later end of my my uh, career. Um, so it's been it's been noted that you know I'm just a guy that you know is physical and I like to beat people up with my physical force. Um, so that was one thing that. In 2019 with UFC, um, I, I was with a coach, Coach Warnock, yeah. uh, Kent Warnock. Um, you know, he his big thing was teaching me technique. So from piggybacking off of him, that was the biggest thing that I wanted to take in with uh, D-Maxi uh, was, you know, getting my technique right because I was such a physical player. So I needed to learn that, you know, that finesse, the finesse part of D-line. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to tie it all in together and, uh, you know, it's def- it is definitely coming together, and you know last year was a bit of a rough one, but I definitely did see sparks of what I what I want to see of myself for sure. Well, I remember interviewing him, and he said you're kind of a one of a kind guy, just because your athleticism, you know, you're very explosive for a big man, quicker than some of the other guys. But the other thing he said was you're pretty bright to understand it, right? So when you think about maybe you know a you're, you're in university there's the covid stuff so that takes away a few years of development right mm-hmm. so, so now you're kind of playing catch up yeah. a, a little bit with it so when you look at the uh, at the the kind of the technique and just the understanding of the game right like i hear from so many guys like eventually the game slows down for at the pro level i don't oh, know yeah. if it's there yet for oh, you or not but um so for you, if if you were looking at an ideal off season, like what are the things you work on? So when Jamie and Pelly comes to camp, 
this year you're like, okay, here's where I'm going to be better at this year than I was last. Um, honestly, I think my biggest thing, and this is very, very a big focus in my off season, is uh, being more stre- like more stretching. Uh, you know, flexibility. Okay, that's one thing that I've been taking in my off season. Um, you know, that's that's the one thing that I feel like playing wise will help me a lot. Um, you know, just being able to move better. Um, and then of course, yeah, like you said, the the seeing the game while you're playing that's that's a big thing that I'm going to be working on as well. Um, you know, a lot of reading, as in reading while I'm doing uh, football exercises. Yes. You know, what I mean, like doing reading uh, reading drills. Sorry, I should say it like that. Uh, you know, doing things that are going to you know kind of imitate a game like scenario and do drills based around that. Um, you know, doing stuff where you know, it's going to help me build my speed up. I want to build my speed up a lot and uh, watch watch a lot of film. That's that's probably going to be my offseason. Watch a lot of film on myself. Watch a lot of film on, you know, uh, the games that we played. Um, and then, you know, just keep on keeping on. So at, uh, you know, you're 350, give or take-ish, right? Kind of goes up and down. You said you can gain weight uh, quick. You can lose weight quick. Um, to you know, ideally, w- would you look at like I don't know if they talk to you and say, "Hey, man, we want you to be at such and such a weight." I've heard that for some guys, and it works better for others. Do you find is there a weight that you think you can excel at the best? And does um, it does it matter? Do you notice a difference if you're three forty or three sixty? Yeah, no, I I've definitely been told. I've been I've I've had the uh, I've had the talks from you know, as far as the NFL coaches, I've I've been told by NFL coaches this is where they want to see me at. Um, I've been told in the CFL where they want to see me at, and they're all different. So, like, it's kind of funny to me because I've been I'm being told from yeah, different, different leagues, though, right? Different exactly, games, different yeah. leagues, different games. But even even so, like, I've in my in my uh, interview uh, interviews before the draft, uh, you know, I was talking to coaches from different CFL teams, and their answers were different too. Oh, okay, so it's it's a, it's 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 circumstantial, I think, um, but. I don't notice a difference. I don't notice a difference whether I was 405 pounds uh, in the Vanier Cup or, you know, 340 last year. Now, so 65 pounds difference, man. Like, that's it's like a young kid. Um, <laughs> and yeah, suddenly yeah. You're, you're not carrying around. So when you say you don't notice the, the difference, what about feeling it? Like, like, do your knees, like, do you feel better after a game when you're three, three, four? Like, is there less aches and pains or is I, there more? I didn't, I didn't. Well, I think, I think there's just more now just because I'm getting older. Um, you know, back, back when I was 405 pounds after games, I was, I was fine. Like, really? I, I, yeah, there was really no, there was no concerns of mine, at least back when I was 405. And, you know, even going to doctors and I would tell them, like, I'm 405 and, you know, I would explain what I do. I played, you know, collegiate football. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a concern of doctors either, you know, because that, that is a pretty big weight to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I didn't – there was just – there wasn't really a big difference, and I didn't feel it on my body at all. Like, it, I, I honestly didn't at all. So, I'm curious, like, what's the average – like how much you got to eat to maintain at three fifty? Like are you like do you oh, got like what are you eating for breakfast today? Oh, oh t- today uh, I only had like I think maybe two avocado and egg toast sandwiches. Like that's I'm that's that's a big thing too. Is I'm not a huge eater. I'm just I'm just a one meal guy. Like I eat a big big dinner time meal. That's like I'll eat a morning snack after my workout. Of course, like I'll just replenish the body. But I don't eat too too much. I just you know I just eat one big big meal. But when I do put on the weight. Um, you know, it's usually when I'm traveling back 
home or to a to a new city, you know, with the family or whatever. And you know, it's a lot of restaurant eating, uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of that stuff. So, so if you're at, having dinner tonight at mm-hmm. Jamin Pelly's house, and that's your big meal of the day, like give me give me a sense of what you're eating for dinner. Oh man, definitely. Um, you know, I'll definitely cook up a nice steak. I'm a big steak guy. Okay. Um, I usually go. I usually go to Costco and get like those big six pack of steaks. Uh, I usually go get those or get the whole the whole flank in the bag. Cut that out <laughs> myself. I have a great Dane too, so it really helps feed him as well. It's a it's a win win package. Uh, so there's that. So I'll get I grab a steak for sure. Uh, not to mention Save on Foods Tuesdays have fifteen percent off, so okay. I always get steaks from there as well. Okay. Um, so I have a steak. Definitely some diced up uh, potatoes. So like a little bit of hash brown potatoes. Um, and then a boatload of broccoli, a boatload. I'm a big, big broccoli guy, so definitely lots and lots of broccoli. That would be my dinner. Really? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, are you a dessert guy? No, no, I'm not. You don't a, eat sweets? Definitely. Very no, rare? Maybe, maybe ice cream. I think okay. a good I think a good, des- a good dessert for me is, uh, I, I like drinks, so I'm, I'm bubble tea. I'll, I'll get like a bubble tea for dessert, if that makes sense. Okay, no, no, that's totally fair. So broccoli, cauliflower? Or is it broccoli? Pretty much cauliflower is okay. I won't. Good. I won't. I won't. You know, argue about cauliflower, but I'm more Brussels more, sprouts. Yeah, no, no, no eh? yeah, we're not talking. No, <laughs> oh. can't do Brussels sprouts at so, all. So now, are you the? Do you cook a lot? Is it your wife who's doing the cooking? Yeah, it's my wife. Yeah, it's, it's definitely wife. not me. I do the meats. Uh, you know, in the, in the summer, definitely I will hop on the barbecue for sure. But uh, she's she's a very good uh, she's a very good cook uh, chef, I should say. No, um, yeah, definitely, definitely her. In studio, uh, who is it Wednesday? Jay Minpelli, defensive lineman for the Edmonton Elks, number 96, uh, joining us. And, uh, Jay Min, we talked a lot about, uh, your sports and your journey and, you know, coming out of a, a tough neighborhood in, in Calgary. And, uh, you know what? Uh, you come to Edmonton, uh, you, you turn pro, you've, you've got, uh, you know, a young family and, uh, you had three children. And, uh, last February, it's coming up on a year. Um, your youngest daughter at five months, uh, passes away from, uh, from SIDS, a sudden, uh, infant death. And I guess, I know it's coming up in the anniversary. So first of all, my, you know, my deepest congruences uh, to that, um, kind of take us through that, that, you know, here you are, you're entering, kind of getting ready and, you know, for your first year and all of a sudden, you know, you, you lose your baby. Like, yeah, how, yeah. How, like obviously hard is, is probably an understatement. Can you, can you take us through it? Cause there's some parents out there, maybe they've gone through the same thing. Kind of, how did you deal with it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a really tough situation to go through for sure. Um, you know, I was coming off, uh, my first season, uh, playing with the Elks, you know, riding the highs. It was not the season we hoped for, of course, but you know, um, I was excited, you know, just getting through it. Yeah. I had, I had a good time, you know, learned a lot of things, met a lot of good people. Um, you know, and then it was, it was such a weird, weird feeling because, you know, we were doing, looking back at it, like we were going to all the right appointments, you know, she had, all the right things, like we did everything right, um, you know, um, and then to have her just taken away, it just kind of feel, it just kind of felt like it was just like not the right, it, like it wasn't right at all, and you know, I, I could see how that would be, uh, would be true, but you know, I'm a big believer, and this has turned me into a big believer of a higher power above, and you know, I believe that, um, you know, God has a plan for everybody, um, regardless of whatever their case may be. So uh you know yeah going through it it was a it was a very tough experience um you know we went to family day and I'm very fortunate for this cuz we have a lot of pictures from this day but as a family we went we went to a family day event and I think it was about 4 days 
before she passed away. It was it was it was within the week. Okay. Um, and we went to this event hosted by the Elks. So that was like probably like like my hap one of my happier memories of her because just knowing that it was like so close to the date and we were all there it was a happy thing. Um, it's it was a good good event for sure. Um, you know, so she passed away uh, February twenty third. Uh, and what was her name? And what was her name? Her name was Janae. Janae. Her name was Janae. Yeah, Janae. Um, so yeah, she passed away five months, um, and that was on February twenty third. Um, and yeah, it was it was a very very crazy experience. Um, you know, just holding you know your daughter that you know hours before was breathing and now she's not. Um, it was a it was very tough, and you know, um, I don't I don't wish anyone to go through it. Um, no matter what, I don't want anyone to ever have to go through that, but it's unfortunate it happens. Um, you know, and then just getting through it, um, this past year has been really tough, you know, cause February is not too, too long away from the CFL season. So right after it happens, you know, we are able to, you know, kind of give her, you know, her representation of life ceremony and stuff like that. Um, you know, and then headed right into off season. I wasn't able to do too much training, just given my mental state. You know, yeah. Um, it was very, very tough. And I was thinking there was honestly there's a point uh, where I was thinking about you know maybe taking a taking a break from football this year, this past year, um, just because you know I didn't know how how I was gonna be able you know to to go play a football game in front of all these people and have all these different thoughts in my head. Yeah. You know, so it was it was tough, but you know, the one thing that got me through it is uh sticking by my family. Um, you know, um having to be there for my kids, uh my two other kids while their little sister uh, you know, is now gone. Um it's it's been very tough. Um and you know, it's been the toughest on, you know, my wife, the mom. Um uh just being her support is definitely ha it's been the thing that's made me get through it, honestly. Um, you know, trying to be there the best I can for her because I just I just see what she's going through every day like she doesn't see what I go through with it but I see what she goes through with it um so just being her support you know and being there for her that's that's really what's you know gone me through this and you know the the one thing that I can always just look look at and like think to myself is that like Janae wouldn't want me to not be happy you know what I mean like she, what would she want? She wouldn't want, you know, us to be sad every day. She would want us to, you know, be happy and have a loving family and stuff like that. So um, getting through it, yeah, it was it was tough. Um, you know, therapy for me and the wife for sure oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah but, you know. Um, how, how, can you, on that note, um, especially for guys, because guys have a tendency to, to kind of want to bottle up our emotions and feelings. Did, yeah. did going through that and just being able to talk, to somebody about your feelings and that's non-judgmental like they don't really know who you are mm. and they, they don't they're not going to be you know care you know what i mean it's different if you have to tell your friends because mm. then you got to see them yeah, all the time yeah, right yeah. so sometimes you don't want to tell your most vulnerable feelings to, to someone how how did that help you is just as a man going um, through that yeah you know what that's it's that's a good point because you know as a man it is not talked about enough and you know um it's helped me quite quite a bit um you know I think everyone should do it regardless if you say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Have a tragedy or not, I think everyone can benefit yes. from going. Um, you know, it was it was really helpful to me because, you know, I have I have young guy friends that, you know, like to crack jokes when we get into, you know, uncomfortable or emotional positions, like myself included for sure, you know, when when I get when we're talking about, you know, some some deep things as, you know, man to man friends, uh you know, we we have a tendency to uh, you know make jokes. Try to deflect it. because yeah, it's, oh it's, geez, I'm getting these are what's what's, yeah. what's this uh, salty discharge coming on yeah, my yeah. eyes here? I don't want exactly. this happening. No, yeah. exactly. So that's that's where we tend to go, and you know, just having somebody um, listen to you, and you know, not even there that they're there to be your yes man. Like they're not going to just say yes to everything. They're going to have input too, right? Um, that definitely helped a lot. Um, you know, and and just kind of letting me rant and then kind of picking out the pieces for me and helping me kind of decipher how I feel or why I feel this way and how I can better myself for sure. Definitely helped. That all was, that all was really, really good um, and helped me out a lot. Um, but you know, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's still something for sure that oh. I'm going through and I'll go through for the rest of my life. Yeah. For the, sure. the grieving process when you, when you lose your child, it, it never ends. It's yeah. not like one day it's like, Oh, you know what? We're good. Let's, not all, because I'm sure you see it with your with your two children now. And we were talking during the break how your your oldest is almost coming. To, you know, she doesn't want to. Now she's really had to toughen up a little bit. And then uh, your your middle child, who who was closer in age, you know, still really misses her younger sister. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so that that's the one where I'm sure it's a you have to have those conversations with kids. And kids are very resilient, but they're also you know they're also much more observant, right? Like they were what three and five at the time. Three and five. Yeah. Three and five. Three and so, five so you'd think that. Ah, maybe they don't know, but they know. They know, and and that's the thing. Once we once we explained, um, you know, that was the hard part in the hospital. Um, when it happened the night of, you know, they uh they gave us a few moments with Janae, so we had her wrapped up in blankets, and that was like kind of the hardest part to to tell them that like this is like the last time that you're gonna like see be her. able to hold or see her, and you know, um, that was they really really didn't understand that, and they didn't they. They didn't know, right? And and to me, it was kind of it was kind of in a way sad, yeah, of course. But it was almost upsetting because I was upset for them that they right. didn't understand because, like, maybe they'll like you know just like hug her, hold her a little more, like yeah. no. So it was it was tough, and you know that is something that we do have to explain, and it's something that for sure for them as well is never going to go away. Um, you know, it was it was funny. Um. It, it brought tears to me and my wife's eyes, but we were we also kind of giggled about it. We got a letter, and it was for like starting an RRS, RRSP, and it was like you could get five hundred dollars right now for Janae when she finishes high school or something. And it was like, it was uh, like a yeah. yeah. It brought me to tears for sure, really fast. Yeah. But it also was you know like like I'm happy to get those reminders because now she's never going to be for, like, you know what I mean. She's yep. never forgotten, and that's why like whenever anybody asks if I want to talk to her, like she lives through me talking, right? Like. She lives she lives on by me talking about her. If I don't talk about her then you know she won't 
you know, her memory won't be, you know, living on. Yeah, so. that, that makes sense. Uh, Jamie and Pelly uh, joins us. Uh, his, his daughter, uh, Janae, at five months old, uh, passed away last February 23rd uh, with sudden uh, infant uh, uh, death syndrome, unfortunately. Um, playing for you, you ultimately decided you're going to go back and play. Uh, was the game a release, or were there times where you know the anger, the frustration of losing your daughter? Did that ever? Did you did you sense that come out of you at times in oh, practice yeah. or in games? Oh, there was honestly there was a time in camp, um, and I I don't know if uh, like I'll be open with this. Um, there was a time in camp, you know, I, I went from and this is how it started. I went from a period of you know we we're in off season, and I wasn't doing off season work. Like, I wasn't going to the gym every day because. You know, I just couldn't. Yeah, you just weren't in the mental. Yeah, exactly. Place. So I went from I went from being with my family twenty four hours of the day. So me, my wife, and my two kids, twenty four hours of the day, going to camp where I'm at Commonwealth from what was it like six thirty a.m. till nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Didn't see my kids or my wife at all during days some days. So it went from you know having the support system that I need and I want to you know f- in a battle of football, you know. I have to learn all these plays. I have to do all this stuff. I'm meeting new people. You know, I'm, there's things going on, all this, all this type of stuff going on. Um, you know, and I, I definitely had probably within two weeks of that camp, I probably had a little bit of a breaking point where, you know, I just, yeah. I needed a reset. I needed to stay home for a day or two with my family and stuff like that. So there's definitely times and it went on throughout the season. There was, there was days where I, and the coaches were very, very like understanding and helpful through that. Um, you know, they understood what I had just gone through, um, you know, and nobody entire inside that whole entire, you know, locker room coaches or players went through what I've gone through. So, you know, for that, they were very, very helpful and, you know, they respected how I felt for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a struggle. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, it was a release. I didn't see it at sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it was more of like, yeah, this is my job again. But for sure, it was definitely a release being able to, you know, just get some of that aggression, being angry at the world and, uh, you know, being angry at myself. Um, Definitely, it was a a release. And, you know, it wasn't a great year for me, for sure. Uh, But, you know, it was it was I was happy that I didn't take that break. You know what I mean? You you must have, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, what you're capable of as a human, as a father, as a husband. You, know, you probably learned a lot more about yourself, uh, you know, unfortunately to do a tragedy like this. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, it sounds like you and your wife have a very healthy relationship. And, you know, there, there's lots of stories that they can, it can go, you know, you talked earlier about at the age of 17 to 20, how it can go one way or the one other. Way, and you yeah. got to go on that right path. Yeah. And same in, in a marriage, when you have such a traumatic experience that happens to you and yeah. you guys have been able to, to keep your family really close bonded. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was honestly, that was something that we've always kind of been in an anomaly of, um, you know, we, <laughs> we were teenage parents. Uh, I had my first kid when I was, I think I was maybe like nine months out of high school. So I was really, really young. Um, you know, so like we've always been like in that stereotype of like, Oh, they're young parents. They're never going to, you know, they won't work out. They'll be separated, like all that stuff. And, you know, it happened with our first, it happened with our second, and, you know, it's it just, we've always wanted to prove people wrong, because yeah. we come from the same place, and we've always been looked at the same way, so, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's a very good feeling. Now, how is, how is your wife when it comes to analyzing your football? Oh, I- man. <laughs> no, yeah, she, honestly, we got together at a weird stage, because she was, like, she liked me for my basketball. Okay. So she, because, well, when I played basketball in high school, we won Division One, so, like, the top division. Yeah. We won city championships three years in a row. So every year I went to high school, I won city finals. So 
like we were a big high school team. Not saying that she liked me for basketball, but but she, she knew you. Was she knew me as basketball. a basketball player. She knows she understands basketball. Her brother plays basketball. Like basketball is in her family. Football is not whatsoever. Um, nobody in her family understands what I do at all. Um, Has she become more like? Does she watch film with you ever? Yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, we started. We started yeah, watching I've film. Heard, we started watching film. Some... We started watching film yeah. for sure. But it's more so. It's not. It's it's not as much game film. It's more okay. so just me. What oh, okay. I do. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so she so. understands. Okay. What am I watching? Like, obviously, if you sack the quarterback, I think that's she knows good. What that is. Yeah. Right. But there's, there's well, well, you know what, honey? There's lots of other things that I need <laughs> to do in the game here. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't understand. Like, if I was like, if I had to, you know. Gap cancel out or something like that. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't understand any verbiage. Now, what about your daughters? Are are they going to play football? They want to do basketball. One wants to do basketball. So I have one daughter that's she's dead set on basketball, like dead dead set. And then I have another one that wants to do dancing. But the, okay. but the one that wants to do dancing, I personally really really want to put her in MMA. I want to put her <laughs> and I like I and I know everyone says put girls into MMA for self defense. I don't want to put her in for self defense. I want to put her in because like I, like she is tough and I think that she could like beat some girls up for the rest of her life. Like she is very tough. Oh man, that's great. Uh Jamie, I, I really appreciate you coming in uh, your vulnerability to be able to talk about such a tragic uh, event we got. We got a lot of texts coming in from people just saying uh, you know, they were in similar situation to you. Uh, they're amazed at your strength. Uh, hey guys, uh, I, I lost, uh, our son seven years ago. I, I don't know how, um, Jay Min's able to talk about it without crying. That's amazing to me. It's a lot of strength. So that one comes in from, uh, Dawn and there's many others similar to that. So there's a lot of people that resonate with you and your strength to talk about it. And we wish, uh, your family all the best and, and you know, a great off season of training. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, coming up on the anniversary here later this month, I hope it goes as, as great as it can for, it. for a situation like that. And, uh, we'll look to, to have you back again, man. I really appreciate you coming in. Thanks. Is that that's, your daughter right there? That's my daughter right oh, there. Oh, she's yeah, coming yeah. around. Hey, Dad, where the hell are you? It's an hour is up, all right? That's her right she there. is right on time. I love it right here. That is fantastic. Uh, well, thanks so much, Jim. No, we really appreciate you. it. Best appreciate of luck. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I-